you're listening to the Missouri Realtors Podcast. Join us as we deliver an in-depth analysis of industry news while speaking with industry experts on their successes and failures. Along the way, we'll also share strategies and practices to help you become a more successful realtor. Hello and welcome to the Missouri Realtor Podcast. So excited to be talking with you guys today. I'm Andrea Sheridan, the current president of the Missouri Association of Realtors, and I have uh, member Michelle Walker here with us today, and we are talking all things fair housing. So Michelle, kick us off with like, just let's let's just have a deep dive of fair housing. Like, what do we need to know? How do we use it in our business? Let's go. So fair housing, I think that diversity, equity, and inclusion are directly related to fair housing. Because when we focus on um, working with all individuals and meeting people where they are, asking the right questions to ensure that everybody is provided with the service that they need, um, you know, a lot of the important things to remember, we don't decide where people want to live. But we have implicit biases that sometimes can get in the way of that. So we may not even think about, but if somebody calls us, we need to make sure we're drawing a radius around where it is that they tell us they want to be. Um, I, I think it's good for business. You know, we have a growing um, minority population in this country. Right. The minority is not going to be remaining the minority. Um, you know, it's predicted that over the next few years that, um, you know, black and brown Americans are going to be the majority. So I think it's important as we look at our changing demographics within our communities, within our association, within the U.S., that we have respect for all individuals, regardless of where they came from, what their needs may be, and you know, what they need in their home search. Definitely. And I think fair housing, it's, it's even bigger than just the color of people's skin. Um, it is, do they have any disabilities? What does their family structure look like? And am I, um, pigeonholing people in something because of my beliefs? So if, if I am meeting with somebody who is a single individual and they don't have any kids, I'm not just steering them toward a one bedroom. They may want four or five bedrooms. Who am I to know? And so I think what we need to remember with anything fair housing related is it's about the client. Like, what do they want? And we have to listen, like actually both ears be listening for what people need and want in their, their home buying process, in their selling process, if, if they're investors, and not just assuming that we know what people want before we actually ask them what they want. Absolutely. And it's critical that we ask the same questions of everyone, um, you know, because I think where fair housing comes into play is so somebody with a disability, for example, you may be working with somebody that has a physical disability, it's visible, and your instincts are telling you, well, they're going to need a ranch, they're going to need something easily accessible. We don't know what their abilities truly are. And so we don't need to ask them, but we need to ask, what are they looking for in a home? What are their needs that we can help to meet? But we need to be asking that same question of everyone. So I would say um, 
you know, we last year did a fair housing test of our own company. Uh, it was, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I, I've only talked about it once before at the NAR broker summit and the gasps in the room when I announced that I had fair housing tested my own brokerage, uh, they were pretty loud. Um, I'll tell you, it was a very unnerving experience. Uh, it's something that most agents think about their entire career. Oh, am I going to be tested? Is this a tester? Um, you know, and so it was hard to even consider doing. But as I got more involved in serving in the DEI space, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion, and getting really involved at the national level and seeing what's going on nationwide with fair housing and diversity issues. And I realized that I wasn't sure how my own company was doing. Mm-hmm. I knew we, we, we'd had plenty of training. We talk about a lot of uncomfortable conversations. We have policies and procedures in place. However, were we doing what we needed to be doing? And truly the only way to know that is to go through what our company went through. So walk us through, what was the process for that? What did that look like? What did it entail? Well, and I had tried for probably a year and a half to work with uh, a, a local housing organization to put something like this together. They had not done it previously for self-testing. And for anybody interested, there is actually um, a rule in the HUD guidelines that they cannot use self-testing against you. So, so that was, that was, uh, you know, a helpful part to learn. And so I approached the National Association of Realtors and said, Hey, this is something I've been wanting to do. Can you point me in the right direction? And lo and behold, NAR was hoping for a pilot program to start fair housing self-testing within brokerages. So I got to be the guinea pig. Um, It was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, And so I worked with NAR, who partnered me with a national fair housing agency. And I met with them a few times. Uh, talked a little bit about my brokerage, the community, um, you know, uh, what we were hoping to accomplish in the testing. And really, it was just wanting to see if everybody was treated the same. And because you talk, I I mean, you're doing trainings, you're talking about it. So I, I don't feel like this was like a surprise, like that, but, but you needed to know, were they hearing what you're saying? And are they applying it in real life? Okay, so so they they're getting tested in real life in real situations. How did they do? Well, we didn't find any outright discrimination. What we saw is, I believe, a bit of implicit bias, along with agents that are too busy and are not treating everybody the same. And it's impossible to know whether it is implicit bias or if you're just super busy. Um, I'll I'll share a story. Um, One of the probably the most glaring pair tests, a very, very expensive property in a very exclusive area. And when I say exclusive, I don't mean by people. I mean by money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By your price point. Yeah. Very. Yes. And. 
um, what sounded to be a white male called the agent and the agent shared that the property was under contract already, asked them what they were looking for, asked them if they could send them more properties. Obviously, first question was, are you working with an agent? Um, and the agent sent that client more properties and um, and even showed him another home. Yeah. Followed up, kept sending him emails with properties. The next day, what sounded to be an African-American or non-white male called with the same question on the same home. And the agent very quickly said, yeah, in that neighborhood, you got to be there in the first 24 hours or they're gone. Have a great day. Okay. So no offer and, to um, show yeah, other properties or send anything else. Correct. But here's the thing. I know this agent. I know his heart. I know his, you know, and when I looked at it, first of all, it's impossible to know mm -hmm. whether it was implicit bias or he was busy. But my guess is that the agent, because I know this person, I know he sees green and that's, that's it. You know, um, it, when it comes to dealing with clients, he was probably busy the second time. Mm -hmm. I don't think it mattered who was on the phone. He was probably tied up doing something else. And I think when we sit back and we think about it, uh, when we're busy and we answer the phone, we don't typically give people the same level of service. Right. So I think that was the biggest aha for me, because in that paired situation, you cannot they, we weren't trying to establish a pattern. Okay. It was, it was more one-offs so that we could learn from those specific experiences rather than trying to establish a pattern that said agent is consistently, you know, treating people different. We weren't, sure. that was not our goal. Right. Our goal was to just, you know, see where we were, see what we found. And what I found and what I believe is that when agents get busy, their implicit bias is glaring. Yep. And because their mind's and trying it, to filter through all of the different options. Is this something I need to be spending my time on or not? Uh, that's, that's the way our brains work. And sometimes our filtering system does not serve us. That's absolutely right. You know, I think the thing that's really important about implicit bias is the implicit part. Yeah. These are split second decisions our brain is making before we even realize our brain is thinking about it. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it was an amazing experience. I was, I was scared for any brokers that are listening. I was scared. How was this going to, um, how was this going to be perceived when I did share with the agents, Hey, you've been tested. And, you know, I had one agent that got pretty upset because she was concerned that I had brought in the federal government, which is absolutely not the case. I right. brought in a national nonprofit fair housing agency to pilot a self-testing program. Yeah. Uh, I do know that NAR is working with others now um, to, do, to, to do what we did last year. 
I think it's made us all better. I think as we looked at some of the different paired testings, some of the agents saw things in themselves that they didn't even had never considered before. And when you're looking at it in black and white and it's, you know, an actual phone conversation and then the next day somebody else calls and you have a completely different conversation, you know, it's that implicit bias. We make these split second decisions as to what questions to ask and the order to ask and all of that. So what we really learned is sticking to your plan. Yeah. What questions do you ask? What order do you ask them in? If you're busy, how do you answer the phone and what do you say? Do you simply take a message and call them back and then follow up and call them back? Or, you know, are you just saying, yeah, that one's already gone. Good luck. Have a great day because you're busy. Right. And I find myself doing that. If I'm busier, people tend to get a shorter response, uh, maybe not treated exactly the same as the last person. I do not believe it has anything to do with who the person is. It more so has to do with me and what's going on in my world at that moment. Right. So I think our, our phone scripts, um, when we're meeting people at open houses, um, when, when we're asking people to come to the office for a consultation, if we have anything in our system, it, it has to be the same. So I don't roll up to a, um, a drive through window and they say, oh, never mind. We don't have burgers. Just keep on moving. They're going to like, like there is a pattern and a way that every chain restaurant has for their script. And you may not realize you're being scripted when you go, when you come up to Starbucks, they do have a script. They're going to ask you, what do you want in a specific pattern? They're going to ask if you need anything else. They will probably try to upsell you. They have a pattern. We as real estate agents have to have a system, a script and a pattern so that way it is the same experience, whether you're going to the Starbucks in Kansas City, St. Louis, wherever, it's all the same. Um, so do you feel like as a brokerage, you, you've honed in on um, kind of a standardized process or system because of that? Yes, without a doubt. Um, and it is there and it is available for the agents to use. Um, you know, I'm not a person that wants to spy on my agents. So I trust them and I trust that they're doing all of the things that we've learned will make us better realtors for the entire community. Love that. Good. What are some of the, the pro tips that you would give to either brokerages or real estate agents who are listening today of how do they keep this top of mind or what could they put into their business that would help them be a fair housing champion? Well, I think, you know, well, the things we've talked about already with treating everyone the same, um, yeah, having systems and processes in place so that should there ever be a question, you can go right back to your systems and processes and, and very clearly provide the information that, no, this is how I do it. So um, aside from that, I think when we look at the minority homeownership gap, there is a lot of work to be done in the United States when it comes to minority homeownership. So I would say, you know, I bet you 99 point whatever percent of agents out there are treating people with dignity and equally yep. across the board. I, 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 that's what I believe in my heart. Um, but I do think that sometimes 
it's important to stand up for people that have been marginalized. Mm-hmm. You know, um, black home ownership is, I think, around 46%, which is actually right around where it was in 1968 when the federal fair wow. housing laws passed. And so, you know, realtors have not always been on the right side of history. Many people don't realize the realtors advocated in opposition of the federal fair housing laws. As an organization, we were opposed to fair housing. And so I think it's important to look at the historical where we were, where we've come and think of, you know, I look at our Missouri realtor family, you know, we are a mosaic. We are many individuals that come together And when we as a collective can work on things like improving the, the homeownership gap for minorities, I don't, you know, people don't realize it's around 70 ish percent for white Americans. Right. So there's almost like a roughly 30% gap in home ownership. And we know that home ownership provides stability. People tend to keep their jobs longer. Their children do better in education systems. Um, You know, home ownership can really and truly be an opportunity to take a family from, from having nothing to having something and something that will be with you've got it. You've got it. So I think as a collective, as a realtor family, it's up to us to help those that we didn't help in the past. I didn't refuse to serve anybody or work against fair housing. However, I do recognize that there are lasting impacts that many communities still feel today because of the historical discrimination. So, you know, you look at a red line map from the 1940s, 50s, and you look at a map with, uh, by race today of population, they're still very similar. They're very, very similar. And, you know, why is that? I don't know. But I believe as realtors, we have the ability to help our communities truly achieve fair housing and let people see that having a neighbor that looks different than you is a truly enriching experience. And you learn so much. So just, I say, you try to do the right things. You treat people with respect and dignity. Um, Another thing that I would be remiss, I think, to not mention is social media. You know, um, when it comes to the code of ethics, Article 10 talks about um, that we will not discriminate, but it also adds in not only gender identity and sexual orientation, but all of the other protected classes by federal law. So federal law is not recognizing um, the, the LGBT community at this point. And so Missouri does not have protections. Missouri Realtors yet. has come out. Yes, 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 yet. yet. And Missouri Realtors has come out very strongly in support of MONA, which is the Missouri Non-Discrimination Act. If you're listening to this, you may not realize that in the state of Missouri, you can be evicted for your sexual orientation or gender identity. And that is just plain wrong. Wrong. 
absolutely wrong. So the code of ethics as realtors, code of ethics takes it a step further than fair housing and does add in basically the LGBT community um, to include gender identity and sexual orientation. The important thing to remember is some of these topics have become political hot topics over the last couple of years. Um, you know, DEI work has been going on for decades. Uh, most Fortune 500 companies have a DEI officer. You know, this has been a very well, uh, it, it's commonplace and has been for so long where we are learning about our differences and about, you know, the history of the United States and how has that impacted some people. Um we can we can grow ourselves and retrain our implicit biases. We can override any of those. And I think it takes us coming together, having these conversations, broadening our horizons of treating people like people, regardless of any any of the, the protected classes, no matter who they love, no matter what they look like, no matter what disabilities they have, everybody should have the right to, to be able to have quality living arrangements, whether they're renting, whether they are wanting to own a home, if they want to own businesses, um, we we should be helping people with all of those opportunities. I think some of the resources that I have found to be super helpful would be things like the fair housing, um, the, the fair haven simulation. Um, that was That was tough. I mean, like, Ah, there's things that we don't think about. And once we actually put ourselves in the situation that we need to think with that whole global um, fair housing lens, you're going to learn a lot from that simulation, from the bias override training, the implicit bias training, um, taking the, the fair housing courses. There are so many different ways that we can expand our horizons and learn more about that. And we do have a fair housing flyer on the Missouri Realtor website. There's also like uh, information regarding the rights of landlords, the rights of tenants. So all of that information is out there for you. So I think, Michelle, you're probably with me in saying that here's the challenge. If, if Even if you do not think you have an issue with fair housing, jump into some of these test your acumen. I mean, you took the ultimate challenge of being brave and, and standing in the gap of even with your, your agents and saying, hey, I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to see if you have any implicit bias in these areas. Um, but lean into that, lean into the education and allow yourself to be challenged to see if you are treating people equally and fairly. Absolutely. And, you know, I think what we realize at the end of the day is realtors are an amazing community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our nation is so divided politically at this point. I look at the realtor organization and think that we can together, red and blue, truly lead the nation out of division with more of a purple spirit yep. um, it, it, together. Because when we together can increase home ownership and opportunities for families to gain generational wealth in the United States, the entire nation can come together under that. Yep. You know, it's, it's an housing is an issue that impacts everyone. And together we can make sure that we're protecting the housing market, the buyers, the sellers, the entire community um, by just, oh you know, doing the right things. This is such a great conversation. I feel like we could go on and on for days of, um, you know, talking about 
fair housing. Um, so thank you so much for, for spending time with us today on our podcast. Um, if you need more resources, go check out the Missouri Realtor website for more resources. And of course, you're welcome to call Michelle or I anytime. Um, so thanks for joining us for the Missouri Realtor podcast. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.